0: Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Welcome back and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, coach, mentor, slash tour mentor, which I can now say, John Opelouski. How are you today, John?
1: Jim, I'm doing great. It's good to be with you. Awesome.
0: And, and as promised, we're back to, again with Jenny Catron, uh, who has been uh, just an, uh, an excellent guest and is so insightful. And in our last uh, podcast, we just want to get right into it, she mentioned that she had had an executive leadership position in several fast-growing, well-led uh, organizations, whether it was in the music industry or in the church growth, church planting world. And and I tell you, the first question that came to my mind, because my, my chief administrator is a female and one of the things that she struggles with is how do you how do you lead sometimes as as a woman and, and we took the DISC assessment John can I say what I said earlier on your podcast or is that okay
1: please go ahead all right
0: the, the question that my wife who's our executive leader when you do the, the DISC assessment she's a strong D very high very dominant sort of a a leader's leader and her question is how how can i you know, live what God made me to be, which is a D without being conceived and, and, you know, everybody looking at me like I'm some sort of a B instead of a D. <laughs> so so I'm asking you that question selflessly on behalf of my wife. How do you as yeah. a woman lead in what is often a, a man's world?
2: Yeah, great question. And, and you know, and, and has its unique dynamics. I think I was fortunate in that working in the music business, um, while, you know, the marketplace is still navigating uh, the glass ceiling for women in a lot of ways, uh, I did have a few more doors open to me than I might have if I'd stepped straight into a ministry executive position uh, right off the bat. And so I feel like it was a great like um, opportunity for me to learn how to show up as a strong female, um, but respectfully. And, um, and, uh, and I was often the only female at the table. So I worked in the sales and marketing division, which was predominantly, uh, a lot of my peers were men. Uh, and so I did have a lot of dynamics pretty early on. of trying to figure out how do you show up confidently and comfortably? I also am a high D on the disc. Um, so how do you show up confidently and comfortably, but without um, alienating people or, or being the B word, which, you know, does show up from time to time. It's just, it's just part of it. Uh, you know what it came down to for me and this, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but again, it's that framework for lead of leadership for me. And that, uh, when I draw my framework of leadership from the great commandment and it's leading with heart, soul, mind, and strength, what I noticed in my early leadership is that I kind of diminished the heart and soul because I thought I had to be so tough and strong as a female to survive mm-hmm. that I diminished some of the things that maybe, um, would might come more naturally to me. Um, some of the relational pieces, um, the, the more caring and nurturing, the emotional intelligence that helps me read and understand a room, which, um, you know, those things are not exclusively male or female, but sometimes women can be a little more intuitive, especially about relationships and things. And so as I matured in my leadership, what I realized is that was a gift that I brought and I didn't need to diminish that. I needed to let that equally show up. And so, and then, you know, fast forward into ministry where it's a bit more complex. There's some theological perspective in there that shapes people's view of women in leadership. And I, I can respect that. My, my wish is that people have studied and kind of arrived at their decision on where women can lead and serve within the local church that they've gotten there on their own. Um, They've done a little bit of of, uh, research because that's what I did when I kind of stumbled into ministry and discovered, oh, not everybody thinks I should be able to lead here. Um, So, you know, I actually went and did like a year's worth of studying scripture because what what I wanted at the end of the day is I wanted, and this, I think this answers the question ultimately, is I wanted to be certain that I understood to the best of my ability that I asked God for clarity on how he had wired and gifted me uh, as a woman and, and the places that he had put me to serve and to lead, and that I was doing those things out of obedience to him. Right. And when I felt like I was, I was operating out of obedience and ultimately answering to, to God in how I showed up, and I could, be, I could be good in front of him, then I could release a little bit of everybody else's expectations or interpretation of my actions. Now, of course, you, again, we need to be wise. We need to be discerning. We need to seek to build relationship rather than create divide, all those things. But if I could be comfortable in, I was operating out of the, to the best of my understanding, how God is wired and gifted me, then it helped me release some of those fears of people's perceptions of my leadership. Right. And then if I could show up with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I could say, you yeah. know what, I'm going to equally show up with heart and soul and because that's going to be a gift to my team. But I'm also going to be strategic and cast vision and drive us forward because that's also how I'm wired. And it's what I need to bring in order to best serve it, the organization that I lead and the team that I lead
0: with. Can I follow up, John, with another question real quick? Please, can get, go ahead. This may become a therapy session for me that everybody gets to enjoy. But, but I think, you know, leadership, we've said, can be very lonely. It, it yeah. can, you know, if you don't understand, then... You say, I have problems. Like, oh, I have problems too. It's like, ah, uh, your problems would be a good day for me kind of thing. But as a <laughs> right. woman, you know, again, kind of the, the more you are a unicorn, the more you're a one-off, yeah. the more, so a strong woman in leadership in the local church is a pretty small group of people. Yeah. How did you, how did you deal with friendships when the people that you're with every day, you're also leading, you know yeah. what I mean? You're, they, the, yep. your friend, you may fire a month from now because that's your job.
2: Yeah. Yes. Or you
0: tell them something they don't want to hear or address an issue. How, do, how did yeah. you deal with relation, just not being lonely in leadership?
2: That's such a great question because it's, it's, it's a very real reality. I think it's true for most leaders in higher level leadership positions of leadership anyway. There's a loneliness to leadership. But my, my conviction is leadership has its lonely moments, but it cannot be isolating. Like, right. and so there's a distinction there of like, yes, there are p- parts of leadership that are lonely, but you cannot be isolated. So you've got to find those circles. So for me, especially when I went, moved into a position of uh, executive leadership within the church, to, exactly to your point, my peers were yeah. guys. And so there's, there's a certain level of relationship that's appropriate. And then there's a level of relationship that's not appropriate. I need right. to go find my female friends that can be my confidants and my accountability, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and so that is, that's exactly what I had to do is I had to go find that circle. I ended up finding a bunch of other women that were executive leaders and executive pastors in churches across the country. And when I say a bunch, I'm talking about like a dozen, (laughs) there weren't many of us, but (laughs) but we found one another and, you know, and we just said, Hey, let's find ways to stay connected. Let's pick up the phone. Let's jump on a zoom call. Let's meet in person. We went out of our way to create those moments. And then I also had a couple of I've like three really close girlfriends that were my friends from uh, the earliest days in the music business. And we just fought to do like a monthly dinner and they didn't attend my church, which was awesome. They're all Christians, but they went to other churches. I didn't try to get them to go to my church. I was like, you go stay at your churches so that I can have a circle of people who are the people that I can process whatever I need to process with um, and they're going to hold me accountable. They're going to give me good counsel. Um, but they're separate from my church and work environment. And I think that's the key point. You've got to find that circle and it's probably outside of the church.
1: Right. You know, so Jenny, as you answered those two questions, Jim posed to you, I, it kind of moved my mind towards how you were leading your, yourself to, to a large degree. And in your, in your book, um, you write that um, extraordinary leaders learn to lead themselves first. Yeah. I've heard people talk about self-leadership. What is it? What does that look like for you? What does self-leadership mean?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, self-leadership is it really, and again, it's one of those things that has become a deep passion because one of my little axioms is we have to lead ourselves well to lead others better. And a lot of times for those of us who aspire to leadership or gifted for leadership, we just kind of go guns blazing into our leadership moments and opportunities. And we don't have great um, self-awareness in what is going on with us. And so then that's when we get ourselves in trouble. We start to have um, uh, just feel the effects of burnout in, you know, and just the different frustrations and things that come with the pressure of leadership if we haven't let ourselves well. So self-leadership really begins with healthy self-awareness of Mm -hmm. do I know what's going on with me? And so we've referenced things like the DISC profile and, um, you know, those tools that just give us more insight into how we're wired and spiritual gifts assessments. So I'm a big fan of use the tools to give you more insight into how has God wired you and gifted you? I'm an Enneagram three for the, those who know Enneagram language. Well, that means I'm an achiever. I'm super driven, high D on disc, right? Like I'm going to go, 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 go. But what I also know that those tools have taught me is that that also means that sometimes I can be unaware of when I'm getting tired or when I'm getting frustrated. I won't be as in tune to how I feel. I kind of keep stuffing how I feel about things, but then eventually that catches up and erupts somewhere. And so with greater understanding of myself, I, I, I just have more awareness of how I'm doing as a leader. So that informs, you know, I know, and I'm an introvert. So I know, even though I have a very extroverted job, I need quiet time. So I literally every morning, I have about two hours of quiet time and study time because the nature of my work is so extroverted that if I'm going to lead myself well, so I can show up and be present for the people I lead. I've got to rejuvenate with a healthy amount of time every morning, which sounds ridiculous to some people. Not but to
1: when,
2: me. Yeah, you get it, right, John? This is why, this is why John and I are long lost friends. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so it's, it's knowing those things. Because what I did for a lot of years is I sacrificed those things that felt like, uh, they felt like a luxury because they were so rejuvenating. And I think sometimes when we lack self-awareness about those things that rejuvenate us, we assume that they're a luxury and we and we 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 feel a bit selfish sometimes in in creating the space for those things. And then we we end up trying to lead and we're leading on fumes because we have not done the things that actually replenish. The thing that's so fascinating to me about self-leadership is, and self-awareness is it sounds like it is selfish, but it actually is makes us less selfish when we find the right patterns and the right rhythms that keep us healthy and rejuvenated. And of course, it's all anchored in um, our relationship with Christ and letting him help guide how we're leading ourselves, right? That's kind of an understood. But the, the more aware we are of what's going on with us, the more conscientious we become in how we show up for others mm-hmm. and, how, and the rhythms that we create in our lives to lead at a sustainable pace.
1: Mm. That's so good. Another quote that I really loved out of the book was this, the influence we earn as leaders is not for the purpose of wielding power. It's for the purpose of loving others enough to help them develop and use their gifts. Yeah. I was hoping you could enlarge on that. That impressed me so much and uh, impacted me as I read it. Mm. Can you enlarge on that for a bit?
2: Yeah. You know, it's just this conviction that leadership really isn't about us. And I think that's, at least for me, that's a, that's a message that I have to continually give myself because when you are wired to lead, you are often put in more and more positions of influence and leadership. Uh, you know, so, um, I was 27 and I was a seat away from the executive suite at the record company, you know, like I'm, I was a ladder climber and I was doing a good job. And so I kept getting more and more responsibility. So. When you're wired to lead, you just naturally find yourself in these places where you have more influence, more responsibility. Well, that can quick quickly um, uh, get to your ego, you know. And so I think that I think one of the things that's somewhat lost in our culture is that leadership is an act of service, and it's really about yeah. others. It's about loving others. It's about serving others. It's about wanting to bring out the best in them. And, uh, and Patrick Lancioni recently wrote a new book called The Motive. It's all about our motive as leaders. And it's that, it's this concept. It's the, what, why do you really want to lead? And I would encourage all of us to always live with that question. of why do I really want to lead? Because is it really about power and position and authority? Or is it because I really want to serve others and draw out the best in others and see others thrive and see others flourish? I honestly think there's no greater joy than being able to work alongside a team and to find the unique giftedness of each person on my team and help put them in a role and a responsibility that allows them to live out their gifts, but allows the organization and the church to live out its mission. Like when that happens, I feel like it's like, it, it's just extraordinary. It like, mm-hmm. it's so energizing to me because it's bigger than me. It's not, yeah. it's not about me. Um, so I don't know and if you, that expanded upon it. It's just a, yeah. it's,
0: you, it brings up the next question, which is you, you mentioned, uh, Nehemiah is a good example oh, yeah. so that his vision is it starts with a broken heart it extends to a broken people that his anger at the the taxation issue and the usury issue and the, I mean yep. he he risks everything and it's and it's not because he's got an ego it's because he's got he has compassion like he can't yep. not do something about this and you, you bring him up in your in your book and how do how do we as leaders avoid developing a vision that just makes us the star. We're we're the center. I want to be rich. So whatever I have to do, I want to be famous, whatever I have to do. In the day of YouTube stars and social influencers, how do do you keep your, how do you test it? And how do you make sure that vision Mm. stays, you know, right on target?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I love, like Nehemiah is such a fabulous story for this because truly he had no, uh, there was no uh, upside for him. You know, it was, here he is, he's already in a really significant place of influence as a cupbearer to the king. You know, he, it was out of mind, out of sight for him that Jerusalem, the walls were in a shambles and the people needed those restored to provide hope, protection, security, safety, etc. And so everything, it was all a sacrifice for him. Like there was, as best I can see it, there was not a lot of upside. Um, except for now he's, you know, we, we have all learned from his story and his example. But, um, you know, I think it goes back to that idea of why do I want to lead, right? Like what, what really is the motive and is it rooted in, uh, a a real desire for what God is calling me to and asking from me. And I think that looks different for everybody. Um, but, but, but why, why do I show up? Well, you know, um. I can pursue opportunities to speak and to write and those can either be god honoring or they can all be Jenny egocentric right? right you know and it's really about my posture and you know so when when i'm showing up and you know and honestly guys i've really wrestled with this because sometimes you get some criticism for doing you know work that has you in front of crowds you can you know that can draw criticism and so there have been moments that i'm like well why why, why am I doing this? Why? And, and it's because I, I want if I speak somewhere, if I'm writing something, I want people to walk away challenged to be a better leader and to serve their teams better. I want to see better leaders and healthier teams on the other side of the work that I do, or it's like, I'm, I'm not fulfilling what God has called me to called me to do. So it's got to be, it's got to come from that place of, do I have a clarity of my calling and my purpose And then am I committed to living that out, whatever that might look like? Um, And by the way, it sometimes will not look the way that we thought it should look, or it won't be as glamorous as we think it is. Um, And then you go back to, oh, I thought I wanted to do this. And, you know, and so you go back to, okay, wait, yes, because this is the outcome. This is what I feel like God has called me to. So I am going to faithfully keep serving and keep doing the thing. You know, even I don't, this is probably airing, you know, we're all in the middle of disruption from uh, the COVID pandemic. And so for folks like me, when a good deal of my work involves travel, it did cause me to go back and just take a look at purpose. Okay, what is my purpose? What do I feel like God has called me to? He has called me to serve and to equip leaders. And so now I have to pivot and think differently about how I'm going to do that. But I had to ask myself, has anything about my purpose or my calling shifted because my circumstances have shifted, which creates a little disruption, makes you ask a few questions. But I was like, well, no, my this is this is my purpose. This is what God has called me to do and asked me to do. Now I've got to seek Him for how I need to do this in the next season. But I'm I'm still clear on this is this is what He's called me to do.
1: Um,
2: so. It's.
1: Yeah, Jenny, that's so good. You know, and and I know we're starting to run up against some time, but I I I wanted to just as you were talking about, it's all it's about posture. Mm. Um, I was reminded of an embarrassing moment uh, a few years ago, and I, and you know, Jim and I on, on the podcast, we we tell stories on ourselves, um, but I was uh, our uh, our tribe's national meeting was happening this thing I think it was about three years ago and uh and and, and I was reading the the uh, uh advertising for it the marketing for it and they had all these speakers you know that are coming all these big names and and I'm, I'm really embarrassed even now to share this but I'm going to do it anyway um I remember whining to the Lord I'll never get on a stage like that
0: mm.
1: and immediately. there was no delay. I felt God speak to my heart, John, why do you want to be on that stage?
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it just cut me, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. do you want to be on there because you want people to notice you or do you want to be on there because you feel like you can be helpful?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, so it just, it just brought that back up to me. And, and I, I, and I think in the last three years, I've never whined to God about something like that again. It was one of those <laughs>
2: Good for you. Yeah. one of
1: those moments.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think we all have those moments, right? I mean, yeah. I think there's always another stage, you know, so, and you, you know, build in the metaphor that, that works for, for, you know, the, the, what the, what the stage is in, in your context for those that are listening. But for every one of us, there's another stage that's a little bit further along than we're, where we're at. Yeah. And again, I think, especially in this season, one of the things God's been impressing upon me is am I grateful for what he has put in my hands? Right. Am I grateful for the the moments of influence he has given me? Am I paying attention to was reading um, something from Henry now this week. And um, uh, it was his following Jesus book. And so he's talking about that, like finding the joy in the presence of Jesus, like in the today. And I was like, man, especially as a driven leader, I'm always like, I'm always onto what's next. And I feel like particularly in this season of, you know, been in our season of quarantine and not doing all the traveling and the things that I typically do, God just keeps impressing upon me of being grateful for what he has given and being present for what's in front of me. Um, he, even as we're getting ready to record this podcast, I find a leak in our third story window because it's raining like crazy today. And I'm like, okay, throw some towels over there and like show up and be present for like, you know, because so I was a little bit scattered and I re, as i was sitting down to to start the call with you guys i was like okay wait no be pre, let's be present let's be present mm-hmm. and, and i share that to not say pat on the back for jenny but to say in real time that's the fight that's the self leadership fight yeah. of how do i be present and engaged with what god has entrusted me with and be faithful with that influence and steward that well so thank you for sharing that because every one of us has had those moments john and i appreciate mm-hmm. your vulnerability in sharing that cuz we you know we we have such a nature to aspire to what is beyond where God has us in this moment, yeah. and uh, so thanks for that
0: well, Jenny, the good news is that when you get back to that window it 'll still be leaking it'll', it'll uh... <laughs>
2: probably be a big old puddle in the floor, <laughs> so there we go
0: yeah. waiting for you. well guys, thanks so much for this time. It has been as always just redemptive if people will take this and you know from this begin relationships and reading books and have those conversations, make those friends. These are all keys to, to leading better, longer, healthier lives. Jenny, how, how just give us the 10 second version. How do we get a hold of you if we want to continue this conversation with you?
2: Yeah, if you will, just my website is getforesight.com, the number or the word for, or the word. <laughs> la, 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 la. The, word get. the number four. the word site.com. I'm
0: sorry, you're com. fixing the leak in the window. I completely got you. You're right now. You're not present anymore. Even right. the website name anymore.
2: Right? Yeah, totally moved on. No, uh, right just on. kidding. Well, yeah, I would love to connect. That's the best you, way to find
0: us. You've been very kind and generous, and your wisdom is redemptive. And we're so grateful for that. And, and I'd say the same to you, John. Thank you for always being. It's, it's funny how God will just put people in your lives that have the right sentence or the right phrase that unlocks so many doors and are people that God has put you in our lives so on behalf of all the listeners on behalf of John on behalf of Jenny and myself thank you for being a part of this very special episode number 40 of our podcast and uh, we're praying for you love you guys and we hope that this will help you as we continue in the future to lead from alignment